Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. And on the show today we have Beckenham Towns Club Secretary, Peter Palmer. He talks a little about the Becks, the club history, how their squad's shaping up and a few players to watch. Plus, where he'll be at 11 o'clock on game day. The clue is with a beer in his hand. If that wasn't enough, the seagull has landed. That's right. Rye Seagull's back with his review of our most excellent women's team. This week he gets pre-match and post-match thoughts from the one and only Billy Wood. After our 9-0 whooping of Ashmount at the pilot field. After that, the fan roundtable gets somewhat self-righteous as me and Flat White Andy go off on all sorts of tangents after discussing our excellent draw with Home Bay. Enjoy, Hastings fans. And here's Beckenham Town's club secretary, Peter Palmer. Great pleasure to speak to Peter Palmer, who's the club secretary for Beckenham Town. We've got this potential banana skin at Eden Park. So um, just to kick it straight off, Pete, I mean, just tell us a bit about the club and what can we expect when us at Hastings visit on Saturday? Well, as a, uh, as a football club, the last uh, uh, few years we've been doing uh, uh, very well. As you may have noticed, you know, two years ago we deserved to uh, be promoted. As probably Hastings did, you know, when uh, yeah. when it got null and voided. We were top of the league for uh, three quarters of that season. Maybe more uh, teams like Corinthians, who did eventually go up, which deserved to go up over, over a two-year period. But I thought it should have been over the only one year because last year was only a eight-game season. So, yeah. you know, we should have went up. But we've been there or thereabouts in the last five, six years sort of thing. We've really pushed on. We've improved that facilities uh, immensely. You know, we have a, a nice little ground now with uh, three big, decent stands. And, you know, as, as a football club and one of the best pitches, we've won a national pitch a couple of times uh, in the country. We've oh, won nice the best one. pitch in Kent. We've won the best pitch in Kent four or five times. And uh, we would have won it more, but we moved the counties to London from Kent. Yeah, we got we got uh, neglected in uh, various uh, the last few years of Kent's best pitches. They've been giving it to random uh, clubs. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we when you when you're not in the county of Kent, when you go to a different county like London, yeah, you, you, you get bypassed by them sort of uh, walls. But as a football club, you know, we won uh, our first couple of trophies five six years ago, senior trophies. We've uh, you know we've we've avoided them over a few years, but as I said, the last few last few years we've been doing really well. Last competitions, FA Cup competitions, Ken League or Skiffle League or whatever you want to call it, I still call it the Ken League. Yeah, which is best name for it. You know, Skiffle's uh, fine. You know, if, if you like to call it Skiffle, but you know everyone's in Ken, so you know Ken League is a but it's Skiffle League. Well, we've done very well and. Over the last last year, we decided we'd move to the combined counties. We accepted it. We 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 liked the decision. We uh, you know we agreed to go, and so so be it. Can't change it anymore. It's uh, combined counties now, and it's a it's a tough league. Loads of different rounds, and as you know, one day trip to Jersey always a always a, <laughs> something nice to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. I mean, you started off well. Two league games, uh, Jersey Bulls, as as everyone knows, they've, they've inflicted their first ever defeat in league football. Not not that they were playing deficit the last couple of years, and again they deserve to go up. Over yeah, winning 30, 30 odd games on the trot, you know, and the 
and they come down to Beckenham and we beat them 1-0. Very tough game, very good side. Very, very good side. Don't No one underestimate them. Yeah. And then we went on Saturday, we went uh, away to Farnham. Another new team, they were step six. Not a new team, but, you know, we've played them before, but they, they were in step six and they got promoted last year. Mm. We went down 4-0 on Saturday. Yeah. And we won the first round of the uh, FA Cup in a replay against Collier's Wood. So we've won Started well. Three. Yeah. So, so full, of, so full of confidence game. getting into this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's another step. You know that, Aston yeah. have, been, have been there or thereabouts and absolutely uh, doing well in uh, every season. I'll, I'll, I'll follow Aston, I'll follow Ryan and South because it's the league we want to be in. Mm. I don't really follow Aston, if you get what I mean. I follow the league. Yeah, yeah. And I notice Aston do very well every year, you know. So. We've got a few injury, well, I shouldn't say, we've got a few injury problems at the moment, so you <laughs> never know. Yeah, yeah, they'll strangle me telling you that. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think uh, don't try to uh, think yes. We uh, we, we won't we won't uh, listen to that. <laughs> few injuries, few injuries with things is a, uh, it doesn't make any difference with the quality of squad you've got. You know. Oh yeah. No, they no they're a joy to watch. For, so up for us, youth fans, tell us about tell us about Eden Park, also the parking, and where to go for a beer. I mean, the club is open early. We open at midday, you know, if you do want to come into the club, Norman, a guy called Norman and myself, we normally start drinking about 11. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, we're not drunk, we're just, uh, we, we start drinking early, 11, half 11. Yeah. And when the players turn up, we've had two or three already, so the club, the bar's already open. Oh, nice. Uh, but uh, the parking man, if you get early, you can you can come into the parking, there's approximately 80 spaces. Mm. You can park around the streets anyway because the yellow lines only go from Monday to Friday because it's only work a work train station, so it's, you can park anywhere around the ground. Mm. There's loads of spaces anywhere. You know, within two minute walk, you can you know five minute maximum, you can park anywhere. You know, so it's not it's not a problem. Uh, if you do, uh, the Eden Park train station is 150 yards away. Oh, nice. Eden Park train station. There's a Toby Carvery, which you can, which is a, a really nice pub, and you can get a bite to eat. Oh, nice and there's one. a couple of restaurants outside, a curry house, and there's a couple of cats, kebab, fish and chips. Oh, all right, so it's so, sorted. Oh, yeah, 100 yards from, uh, from the football club. There's Savies on the corner. That's only, only uh, 20 yards away from us, so, you know, you want to get anything like snacks or, uh, as I said, the club is open anyway. Our tea bars open from about one, one, one burgers and uh, oh, various nice uh, foods. So we're, we're we're catered for all sorts in the area. No, I know, I know. A few of ours are going to get take the train down. I, I was coming down, and then uh, I was I was reminded that it's my wedding anniversary. So uh, <laughs> none of the other lads know that yet. That I'm uh, well, I can't I can't get out of that one. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'd, unless I want uh, my guts for garters so at this moment in time I might not be able to make the game but um, I know a lot of other lads that will be but there you go that's neither in nor there for, for, for everyone that's going down there Pete um, who are the players to watch on your side tell the truth we're a tight knit unit uh, individual wise yeah uh, just the ones that are going to impress us that are going to uh, well we, we, you know, we got a guy called Danny Waldron who's uh, played for and you know, played for and maybe he's even, uh, he's been to Aston's many a time, but I don't think he's played. He played for Bromley, Miller Ricky, 
He's captain, uh, captain both in teams and Welling, Dalijamlet. He's a. Oh, so he's know, been he's, about. He's, uh, he's been about, yeah. Mm. He's not. He's not old. He's you know. He's only early thirties. So he's a very you know very good player. He leads the team by example. Individual wise, you know, we haven't got anyone that could you know. Uh, Stephen Cox been about a bit. He's a very good player on his day. You know, he's as good as anything. Mm. Off his day, he's as bad as anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, as, as we're, we're just a good unit that play together. Been together. Yeah. Negotiation about if I can maybe uh, the honours with my wife on the Sunday rather than the Saturday. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I really appreciate your time. And uh, look, other than Saturday, I wish your team all the best this season. Thank you very much. Yeah, you take care, Pete, and um, hope hopefully see you at the game. But I know a lot, a lot of our lads will come down. If you do, introduce yourself. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I will, Pete. Thank you very much, and you take care, mate. Lovely. Take Cheers, care. mate. And now over to Rice Siegel talking to Billy Wood, giving his pre-match and post-match insights after our final friendly against Ashmount. It's pre-match before the U's final pre-season friendly at home to Ashmount Lee, and I'm here with Billy Wood. So, Billy, final pre-season friendly. How much of it's going to be experimentation and how much of it's going to be solidifying what you've got ahead of the new season? Uh, right, I think this pre-season has been, been tremendous because it's given us not only challenges, but shown the quality of what we brought in and how far we've come, especially in the last year. Today will just be a continuation of that, really. So whilst we're one week away from the start of our first season in the London South East League, we can look at it with a lot of confidence. We can look at today where we can kind of try a few things if we want to, because ultimately, let's be honest, the result doesn't matter. Um, but also we'll be looking at we'll be looking at really the consistency going forward. And with that consistency, hopefully it comes from all going into the season. There were a number of interesting scorelines in pre-season where the U's won heavily and also lost heavily. Yeah. I think many would agree that last week's game against Fulham was on the tighter end of pre-season. So against a higher division team, getting that win, yeah. what have you learned that you can really implement going into today and the new season? Structure, consistency, and depth of squad. We were missing CJ, Taylor Johnson, Sean Heber. Uh, we also have been trying to get Molly Molly fit, really. You know, and Molly, let's be honest, is our threat. She's our goal-scoring threat, all was last season and will be this season. So we've had to manage her minutes and get her right. Uh, she was carrying a knee injury all, all pre-season, but seemed to be up past the worst of that now. This, like, I would say this, the 4-0 at Burgess Hill, I'll never, ever, ever understand because realistically, we should never lose a game at 4-0. But then people also think... The squad changeover over the last three, four weeks to where we, you know, getting the signs over the line that we wanted to get over over the line a lot earlier. Uh, we got done. We got done. 
and and the results have improved since then. And now it's just about being strong, being uh, the hardest working team out on that pitch, but also the most structured, willing to grind out as we needed, like we did last week, or willing to play fluid football and, with all due respect, batter a team like we've done a couple of times. With all due respect, I'm not going to knock Lance in or especially Crawley Wasp, who I think were fantastic here, their development team. But we did. We, we, we beat them comfortably and, and that's down to the quality of the team. So, yeah, right, we're going into it. Keep our composure. Let's keep our shape and let's um, be organised. And final question. Yeah. As you alluded to, a number of new signings have come in to strengthen the squad tremendously in many areas. So how important will squad and player management be in order to keep all the players happy and ready to go? If a player's not happy at this football club, they shouldn't be at this football club. Uh, the girls know it's a, a squad game. They know that throughout 20 league games and hopefully a cup run here or there, that there's going to be a lot of games to play. With a lot of games to play, that means one thing. There'd be injuries. Uh, there'd be another thing, that there'd be rotation. We do not want any player at this football club that doesn't want to be here, regardless of whether they play one minute this season or they play every single minute. For me, it's about being part of the team. It's about being happy for your teammates, being supportive of your teammates. And that's going to be the catalyst to success. Without that, it doesn't matter what great players we have at this football club. If they haven't got the great mentality, we won't succeed. Wise words from the man with the best hair at the club. Thank you, Billy Wood. Cheers, mate. So it is after the match and I'm here once again with Billy Wood. The result was a 9-0 victory for the U. So, Billy, what do you make of it? Because I guess the word you can use for it is clinical. Yeah, um, yes. Yes and no, really. I think first half, we, well, we dominated possession, but they were quite hard to break down. We still had a lot of chances, but they were... They put up a good test, and that's the, the sort of test I was expecting from today's game. Second half, the, the score lines 9 0 is, is it's a bit. I don't know, with 9 0s, you're getting a whack. We're on 9 0, but it was a game of two halves, really, because I thought the first half they were, they were actually in the game and, and well organised. And I don't know what happened, but whether it's fitness, whether it's superiority of our team, or I don't know, or just the fact that we are clinical, like you just said, right? We just seem to blow them away, but. I think the thing I'm impressed about today was we were structured, we were organised, we moved the ball well, and then we grew into the game in the final third. The competitive season begins next week. Mm. So how much have you learned from today to take in to next week? The problem with these sort of fixtures, and it's been, it's been the biggest frustration of pre-season now, 9-0 today, 9-0 today, 9-0 against the 40 Wasps. 13 against Lansing. It's about the only thing you can take is is do we lose who we are when those when the goals start going in, or do we keep at it? And we made a lot of changes second half. There'll be a lot less changes in competitive games. I have to be honest. And we had six, six on the bench today. You can't have six in the league. The thing I've learned is that we have a great side that will take instructions and ball and work their heart out to, to deliver on those instructions. What did we lack today? Nothing. Didn't lack anything. But what did we learn? We just learned that we are a good solid team, that we believe we are, and we can put set teams to the sword. I know they played Worthing in the preseason last last week. Uh, Worthing in the league above us, beat them 8-0. Friendlies don't matter. As we say, right, friendlies don't matter. But we take a lot of confidence in. We've had, that's now, how many, how many preseason games is that? There went seven preseason games. They're on about five clean sheets. It says a lot about the team. Clean sheets says a lot more than the goals to me. A slightly less taxing question to end on. 
the season begins next week, it's at home. What message do you have to the Hastings supporters? Just keep supporting the team, really. Girls are working hard. The numbers are 10 up for the games. We had great numbers here again today, a couple of hundred up from looking around, a couple of hundred. Girls love that, really. They, they really appreciate the support we get at this football club. We've just got to keep doing it. got to keep cheering for them. Then the fact is, at this club, we're very competitive on the men's side, very competitive now on the women's side. Everyone's doing the badge proud. I was absolutely delighted yesterday, the crowd we had for the home bay game, but also delighted to get a point and get off the mark. And today, last start, last stop for big season next week for the girls. And um, yeah, just get behind us. Get behind the team because they, they deserve it. Thank you very much, Billy Wood. And if you like to eat like the Hastings United women's manager and Hastings United chairman, he likes roasted peanuts. <laughs> and now over to me and Flat White Andy on the fan roundtable duty. You've been warned. So, I am, have the great pleasure and honour of the Flat White Andy himself. No, Andy, absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, you have done me the great honour of being part of this roundtable. We have already in the bag. Uh, Rye Siegel was interviewed, the, the always talkative Billy Wood, regarding the women's team's result. Um, and under under four minutes, which I think we need to clap in. Well done, Billy Wood. Well done, Billy Wood. An under four-minute conversation. Um, so the women's team is all sorted. But that, we must all... Have actually, that must have had no punctuation whatsoever in it. <laughs> I can explain it. It's actually it was sort of, yeah, invoked freediver mode. <laughs> just went, went for it without actually breathing. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, I, I, can, I concur. So yeah. congratulations all around there. But mm. we're going to have a, a, little, a little conversation about the result on Saturday. Uh, and initially, Andy, as you're far more uh, considered, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. Than, or, than, or, or, or some people call it a moaner. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, well, we'll see what you're going to say, because I've, I've got a boo button. Ready for well, you? Yeah. All right. Okay. So that's not going to be that much of a moan, is it? No, no. Of course it isn't. How could it well, be? Ex- exactly. Hmm. So, as you're far more considered than me, I'll, let's kick off. You kick off first about the game. Yeah, it is, no, it is different. It is different. Actually, it's one of the reasons why we like standing up the side or sitting up the side, actually, because you, it is you can be a bit of a bit of a bore and actually watch the game unfold a bit. It's great, mm. great fun being behind the goals, but you get that squashed up feeling, don't you, of the pitch. Absolutely. That's the only problem with it, really. I absolutely burnt to a crisp. I went um, I went home looking like a blinking Belisha beacon. I was standing out there in that. I tell you, <laughs> it was um, so dull all morning and then suddenly turned into um, a raging inferno. So it wasn't, must have been quite a bit of a shock for the players, I would have thought, actually. That was one interesting side to it. It wasn't, um, wasn't the best, foot, wasn't the best um, weather for... Uh, sort of semi-pro football, that's uh, that's for sure. And to see 950-odd people there. Yeah, so the day itself was a, was, a, was a major success. I think I said to you, in my, when you when you invited me on, I said mm. they looked, um, it's sort of the theme of the past three games, the Tottenham game and the Carl Shorten game and the being unable to play a full team and that sort of thing. Um, so they looked, uh, you know, that um, trendy trendy word that's appeared in all sports journalism these days undercooked <laughs> i think that cliche yeah. term could yeah. certainly apply to them i think i think um 
I think the one tip, you know, that and so they just didn't look didn't look quite ready. And I think almost it's interesting again, Bob Quinn, even Bob Quinn's piece in the Observer wasn't quite as Bob Quinn as usually. Even his yeah. piece was a bit more balanced and um understood what was going on. And he had that little snapshot of interview with um Chris Agatha, didn't he? Where where he he also said himself that they've got um you know, they were still almost getting their act together because of mm. a disjointed start to the, well, not, sorry, a disjointed end almost to the pre-season because pre-season always starts with a bit of this and a bit of that, doesn't it? But they never got a full team together no. for any of the more serious tests in the pre-season games, I guess. That's what, I mean, we didn't see all the pre-seasons, did we? But that was the feeling I got the theme through the pre-season was they never quite got the team back together. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and that's you don't I don't know what teams like Herm Bay are doing, but they just look solid and organised, and they knew they knew what they were doing, didn't they? And that's a, it's a, teams at this level are getting better all the time as well, aren't they? Over the years, I mean, over the years they ju- they're just getting better and better and better, and they suss you out. And there are there are there are no rabbits anymore. Well, I'd, I, I, I would disagree with you on that one. Uh, I think that we, we've played a very good team there that's going to be mm-hmm. around us. And, and they were no mugs for the last few years. They've kind of brewing sort of playoff-y sort of uh, positions. Mm-hmm. I do think there is a few six-pointers in, in our league. The, in terms of our side, uh, I, I felt we got that goal, which is a great, greatly a really well taken uh, goal off a. It was like a little defensive mistake, wasn't it? And then uh, one of our players. Yeah, it was um, Ben Pope nipped on it, didn't he? Um, yeah. I mean, he 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 is absolutely essential to that team at the moment, isn't he? He's, it's very difficult. They they really really struggle when he's he didn't look quite fit to me, and that no, I, I got doesn't. really annoyed at how long they kept him on with his calf. He obviously, whether he had cramp or or whatever, I don't know, but he was obviously stretching his calves. And I was really worried that for the sake of an extra 15 minutes, we were going to lose him for five or six weeks or something when he well, was hobbling around. I've got, I've got to agree with you there. I, to face, I might face the wrath of Aggie here, but I did. I was thinking the same thing. I was just thinking, there's just no just re- reason to yeah. look, look like, yeah, let this game go, you know, because he leads our line. And, yeah. you know, we are a little bit walking wounded at the moment. Yeah, Dane and his magic sponge. <laughs> I think it sounded quite a few of them looked as though they needed a few miles under their belt, didn't they? And I think that's yeah. that's all right, that's fine. But um, three points and well, one point, three point points at this time of the season are worth exactly the same as as points in November and points in April. That's the one mm. thing. So no, you're, you're right about Herm. I mean Herm Bay. I think they were. They obviously will be. They have always been there or thereabouts, like lingering just below us, haven't they? So, mm. so they were a good example of a team from that division. But yeah, you have to be careful. Things can very quickly get away from you when there are so few teams to be promoted or get into the playoffs. Mm. And that's well, it. don't let anyone steal a march on you in that well, in that division. Well, I mean, that's what I liked. I thought, from a point of view of the actual game, we scored that goal, and I thought that woke up Hern Bay. And I it thought did. I was very, I, I was impressed with them, but I was also impressed with how we didn't really panic. We still tried to just keep possession. It's like we were, we were, we were definitely undercooked. 
yeah we've definitely undercooked but the the it was the way we did <laughs> it was what i liked was it was we could quite easily i'll tell you like a lot of these people that moan on the me- the message boards about how we were three four years ago you know when we were scoring goals for fun but other teams were scoring goals for fun against yes. us yeah we could quite easily have lost three or four one to them that team they they we louis kept us in the game somewhat but equally defensively we we battled and we we really gra- ground out a point there mm. invaluable point valuable point and um now we crack on to Beckenham. I think I think that the Beckenham. I think it was. Yeah, I think my only memory of Beckenham actually is going there. I think for one, of, we were talking about cricket last time, weren't we? And um, mm. one of Kent's first ever T Twenty, when T Twenty was invented, one of first ever Kent's first ever T Twenty games was at the Lloyd's Bank Ground at Beckenham. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. right. And it was they to play quite a few wonder um, sort of limited overs games there, and. Um, it was a fairly new, I think it was around the around the 2000s, they started using it. Obviously, yeah, so that's the Paul, Nick, that'd be the Paul Nixon area. Yeah? That's mm, Paul Nixon Yeah, exactly. Area. And, um, and it was absolute, bed, absolute bedlam there, absolute bedlam. You know, just to all the local, <laughs> all the local boys had turned up and, based, and just, just at the, the beer tent was just this sort of throbbing mass of um, blokes in ill-fitting shorts and baseball caps. Just so you know, I am recorded, yeah? And there may well be an outtake somewhere down the line. <laughs> there you go. No, uh, so it's just we've gone into cricket. Uh, it's my podcast. We could talk about this. Um, so was Elam, would Elam would have been in that T20 side or would Elam have gone by then? So Mark Elam was in the side that I remember. Yeah, Rob Key was still in the team. Matthew Fleming, I think, was the captain. Mm, genius. Uh, top player, top player. Yeah. And um, again, someone who we've talked about off the record before was um, Andrew Andrew Simons, the big Australian, who was just an absolute absolute legend of a bloke. It has to be said. Yeah, no. Because I think in those days you would contract a player, and they would play for quite a few years. They didn't just mm. dip in just for a franchise tournament or something. And so Simons was with them for quite a few years, and. He, for obvious reasons, was a bit of a cult, a bit of a cult hero. Uh, could, could we possibly turn this into a rant against the hundred? I yeah, I yeah. I um I don't I don't know what the result. I don't know whether they made it over the line the test team today actually. But um, it's funny you say that because on Saturday evening mm-hmm. um, after the game we went home and we didn't go out. We were loafing, and we must have been watching In, something. India, India one. Did they? Yeah, yeah, we did. It looked, Matt, bad. it looked bad half an hour ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh Jesus, 120 all out. I know. For fuck's sake. I know. Well, they were freight. They well, were freight yeah, again, right, Andy? T- talking to dickheads on Twitter, right? You, we, uh, the Pajara, yeah, who's an old-fashioned test player, old-fashioned mm. test player, and all of the clever people, the Michael Vaughans. All of the ones on Test Match Special, oh, he's taking too long, you know, all this. And all the tw- oh, you know, we're, we're still in the game. And it's like, if they couldn't see, a player who was slightly out of form was blunt in your team and, and bring, it, bring about a situation where India have got a good chance to win. And, and, and they've, they've just forgotten it because they just, they just love this T20 shit, this... Hmm. this I, um... 
Well, they, they did. They Well, they, they absolutely used all the time available, which is what Test Cricket's all about. But, mm. yeah, so Saturday we turned on and we saw the second innings of the, of the 100, mm. of the London, the London pyjama bottoms against the... <laughs> Against the something darts shirts or something, whatever. Yeah. The kits are just absolutely sensational. I've got to, I think the combination of the primary, I think they're like Marks and Spencer's pair Una. I'm sure you're aware <laughs> of that. You know, where they only use primary colours. The Marks and Spencer's, that legendary, oh, we've got to have new summer wear for ladies. And it's that everything is primary colours. Oh. And uh, so I've heard. And, uh, and and that with the combination of the junk food logo on the front, uh, yeah. particularly the pom bear or whatever logo. Oh, pom bears! Oh yeah. my god, really? That pom bears? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. I mean, there was a time when I used to I mean, when Everton, I used to think, what the hell's a hafnia? I never really, never really <laughs> found out what a hafnia was, but um, but you know where you are with a pom bear logo on a shirt, don't you? Well, my, anyway, we my five-year-old would love that. They'd be like, "Oh, look, the Pombers." Yeah, then... it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a laugh watching it. But um, I mean, because they use those the balls they use. Because we watched some of the test match, and I was saying to Laura, I said, mm. "Look at the way that ball travels when he hits it, or look at the way it travels when they bowl mm. it." And I said, "Do you remember watching the white ball yesterday?" Mm. And that bloke, just, the, the bloke, was just hitting this white ball, and it was just they just do don't they just fly? And the and the and the red ball. It's so interesting. I don't know, I don't know which make of ball they use at, at Lords, but um, Reader or Duke or whatever. But but anyway, so, but it's interesting the flight of those white balls. I mean, they're just like baseballs, aren't they? Well, mm. it's a it's a form of rounders. It's mm. a form of round. I I again, just I, I can't. I, I don't. I don't. Partic- it's a bit of fun. But I think what's going to happen is we're going to end up polarised with that sort of thing and test and a test series. And I think we'll lose all the nice. I love 40 and I used to love. But what we were talking about there was that Sunday league. 40 over Sunday, what we, what we would call Sunday league. Mm. And um, and they uh, and that's a wonderful that's enough time for a game to develop 40 overs aside. Exactly. And so that was a brilliant afternoon's cricket. That was it. It was perfect, perfect. You, it had, you needed skill. You needed to develop a plan, and it was also between one o'clock and seven o'clock, and something like that. And it's just so. On, but I think we're going to lose all that, and I think we're going to end up with pajama cricket and and a test match series that is still polarised in in the sense that a, a certain group of players will dominate that in the same in the same way um yeah i think well michael vaughan's not going to complain is it because he's he's now nipping between the test match and the hundred commentaries and earning double the fees he's a t- no he, he he well it's oh, it's but it's a it's a it's a it's a culture that's across the test match special. I mean, you would never hear Richie's you would never have heard Richie Benno say these things. You would never heard you would definitely not have heard Jeffrey say these things. Mm. The, 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 the issue really is we're not looking after test cricket. Yeah. Mm. We're not promoting test cricket. Test cricket is the best game. Yeah. In my in my opinion. Yeah. But it can also be there alongside a T20, a 40 over game, if you promote it right. Yeah. And and it just seems to me it's like, oh, well, you know, we don't need to look after test cricket. But yeah, what I doing- think it'll look I think it'll probably 
um, like I said, I just think it probably will be okay. But I think it'll. Um, yeah, that's my my thought is maybe we'll lose all the stuff in the middle, and you might even get you might even get teams that that are split between the two with very few. Might get this travelling the ultimate. Um, you know, the apotheosis of Kerry Packer's dream in terms of this yeah. travelling circus of players that travels around doing bashes and thrashes and crackers or whatever they call them all right. over the... Imran Tahir, Imran Tahir is a complete example. He has played everywhere. I mean, good, mm. a very decent player. Uh, but I think he's played in every league that is that is available in every bash and 20 over. And now, now, now the, whatever this is, 100 ball over. 100 uh, ball league. Anyway, so we have gone self-righteous because, well, maybe I'm just the one that's gone self-righteous here. But it's against the cricket. We could never do that against Hastings United. No, I think... um, think Because they're awesome. So coming back to the game then. Oh, yeah, Beckenham. It's like a a Ronnie Corbett story, isn't it? In the armchair with the the meandering. But... uh, I think that day, that can I, can I just say that Dave Martin, if they're going to play him on the wing, yeah, either give him the ball or give what? him thing, or give him the linesman's flag, <laughs> one of the two. Because after the after he scored the goal, he he diligently patro- patrolled that line, and Ollie Black turned the ball back inside every single time. Okay, ninety eight percent of the times mm. he turned it back inside. And we've, we're a bit un. We look to me. It's interesting. I would love to. I would love to hear Chris Agata's thoughts on it. We've got an attacking wing back in Goldsmith on one side, mm. and we've got a totally static situation on the other side, and therefore mm. that leaves the winger. That left the winger slightly redundant. I thought, which was where Hearn Bay were able to tell that we we were all coming down one side and poor old Marcus Goldsmith was doubled up on all the time and didn't get the sort of joy he often does. And I think we need to, that balance is, I don't know, I don't know whether it's a deliberate ploy or whether it's just how it turned out on Saturday, but that for me and the importance of Pope and needing someone to generally genuinely understudy him because the kids are brilliant. Freddie Leg is brilliant, but he's just going to get yeah. hoofed all over the park by those experienced centre backs in this year, anyway. Uh, I mean, he's well up for it. I mean, with Freddie Leg, I'm thinking uh, this game against Beckenham we've got coming up. I can, I think they're going to throw him in, and I think he'll, I think he'll, he'll score. I think he'll score. I think he's, uh, he's, he's very up for this. Don't you think he's a different type of player to, to Ben Pope in, in that he's oh, yeah. absolute quicksilver? So you you need to play a different kind of ball for him. Mm. Um, he can destroy. I mean, we. I know it was only the Uckfield game or whatever, and and also at Eastbourne. Apologies, Uckfield fans. His pace. <laughs> his pace. Anti-Uckfield Uckfield comments. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, funnily enough, actually, where I, when I um, when I was working in Tunbridge Wells, half my office lived in bloody Heathfield and Uckfield <laughs> because it was cheaper than living in Tunbridge Wells. But there you go. Make of that what you will. Exactly. Um, it's uh, he's so quick. He's absolutely, you know, he's fr- he's just got a bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the quickest quickest player in the team. Actually, even on what we've seen already. 
And um, so it's just a case of playing him the right kind of ball. So he doesn't lose his confidence getting biffed around by, like I said, experienced centre halves. Yeah, they were good. Ben Pope will go and but Ben Pope will go and get the ball. He will get the ball every time, mm. and that's his his body shape and his ability to retrieve a ball and do something useful for it is quite a skill. But mm. we haven't got anyone else who can do that. Beckenham, what are you saying? I think it's a bit thinking? of a free. It's a bit of a free hit, isn't it? Bit of a free hit, to, but but I, I guess you've got to. I would say you've got to use it to to bed the team in, just keep, just really, just start easing everybody back into a proper season. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andy, an absolute pleasure. Mm. Uh, I I liked our rant there. Um, <laughs> and I'll edit, edit our rant down to something um, uh, where well, I'm not meandering. Um, you take care and I shall see you uh, where are we going to? Ah, I'm not even going to be at Whitehawk. What, what game are you? What? I'm not. I'm not going to Beckenham, but we are going to Ramsgate. Oh yes, yes, Ramsgate. Yeah, Ramsgate. As I said to you, Ramsgate on a bank holiday weekend. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, um, I just no. say to anybody, if you haven't been to Ramsgate, you simply have to go to the big weather spoons that they've the big the biggest weather spoons in the world on the seafront there. In the old, um, in the old hall, is absolutely. It's a mandatory visit. I would say it's a, it's, a, it's hilarious. It's really funny. It's it's just palatial. Yeah. So, so I'd recommend that to anybody who's going to the Ramsgate game. I must say. Well, I can't go to the Beckenham game. I was going to go, but uh, it's actually my wedding anniversary. So uh, I didn't realise that at the time, and um, <laughs> so we keep we keep quiet about that. But. Uh, so I won't be going. So, oh, well. so will you be devoting the whole day to wedding wedding anniversary related activities then? Um, I, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing, but uh, I, look forward, I, I think on the next podcast, we will look forward to hearing the full itinerary <laughs> that you've got planned. Actually. Right. Andy, take care and I will yeah. see you soon. All right, before mate. We, the only thing I would say before we go, yeah. can we mention Gary Elphick's white boots? Okay. Gary Elphick's white boots. Why do you want to mention those? He just doesn't look hard enough in them. <laughs> he didn't look as hard as he normally looks in white boots. It's just a, you know, psychology. It's really important at this level. Okay. And on that, <laughs> and on that bombshell, we leave it there. Well, that's all we've got left for you this week, Hastings fans. Cup fever's in the air, so enjoy. And remember, if you want to get involved or have anything to say for the podcast, please contact us on hufcpod at gmail.com or on the Twitter at hufcpodcast. We've also got a YouTube channel that is full of good content, interviews. Please check it out. Like, share, please. I need a few more subscribers on there. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host, Chris Laverick. Hope you have a good week and see you at the game.